You're listening to episode number 24 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today, you're solo with me. We're going to talk about, do you need an attorney for your divorce? Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now, your host, Jason Lavoy. All right. Thank you for joining me for episode number 24. This is going to be a solo episode. Uh, no guests, just me and you uh, talking divorce. And I said I was going to be doing more of these solo episodes uh, more frequently. And so here we go. Here's one of them because this is a topic that comes up more often uh, than you would think. And, and so I want to address it and, and, and kind of give you my two cents. Choosing the right attorney, okay, probably, arguably, one of the, if not the most important decision that you could make in your divorce or when thinking about divorce. Because attorneys, let's, let's be honest here, right? Attorneys are, they're freaking expensive. I know, I am one. I used to uh, do this work. And so I know what my hourly rate was, and I know what many uh, divorce attorneys' hourly rates are, and they're not cheap. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You're paying uh, for professionals, experience, knowledge, and most importantly, time. That's how attorneys bills by their time, um, depending usually an hourly rate. If they, for example, work a half an hour, they uh, will bill you for a half an hour at their hourly rate. So if their hourly rate, just for conversation's sake here, is $400 an hour, and they uh, spend a half an hour working on your case, doing whatever it is, then you'll get billed $200 for that half an hour, right? And I don't have to be the one to tell you, it adds up real quick. So knowing that, knowing that, it's really important that you choose the right attorney for you, because choosing the wrong one could really cost you uh, in a lot of ways, and most importantly, uh, financially. So we'll talk about that more in a minute. I want to say something. Choosing the right attorney encompasses a lot of things, okay? And I'm going to try to review all that with you in this episode. Uh, and hopefully I'll hit all the big ticket items. Um, the, the first thing I want to say is, besides being an, an important decision, I don't even think I have to say that, right? But obviously, it's it's really important to choose the right attorney. It's a decision that in an ideal world shouldn't be rushed. So what do I mean by that? You don't want to wait till, you know, the S hits the fan uh, to choose the right attorney, right? You don't want to have to go out and and find on Tuesday because something happened on Tuesday that you need to address right away. You don't want to have to go out and, and hire an attorney on Tuesday. You want to take your time. You want to do your due diligence. And, and that's all part of choosing the right person. Because if you just choose the first person that comes along, maybe you get a good one. Maybe you don't. It's, it's a crapshoot. So you don't want to be in that position. You always hear me say, if you've been following me, preparation is key uh, to be successful in your divorce, right? So part of preparation is choosing the right attorney, all right? It's not, it's not like going to the store and getting a gallon of milk. Um, there's a lot more to it. So that's what I want to emphasize. Don't rush. Um, hopefully, you don't have to. Uh, and we're going to talk about how to go about it, you know, the right way. So if you're thinking about divorce, 
and it hasn't started yet, I always say, you're my ideal client. You're in the best position because time is on your side, right? You're thinking about it. Now's the time to prepare. You don't have to worry about the court breathing down your neck. You don't have to meet any deadlines, so to speak. So you can take your time and do your homework uh, now in the preparation stage. And that is so important when choosing an attorney. Okay. And also, I, I want you to understand something too, because believe it or not, people ask me this all the time. And as an attorney, it, it almost seems, why are you asking me this question? But it just goes to show you that, you know, I'm not always in, or I over, I think something may be simple when it's not. Uh, and so when somebody asks me a question, I know there's more of you out there that have these same questions. So I love that. And, and I'm here to help and answer it. One of those questions is, can I change attorneys if I'm not happy with my attorney? And to me, that's such a, you know, for lack of a better word, a duh question. Of course you can change attorneys. Remember, you hire the attorney, right? The attorney works for you. You're their client. So just like you hire them, you can fire them at any point you want. Uh, now, there is a caveat to that, which I'll get to in a little bit, depending on how far along in the process you are. But by and large, yes, you hire the attorney. If you're not happy with that relationship, uh, for whatever reason, you have the right to discontinue that relationship, fire them, and you know, choose somebody else, go at it alone, whatever you want. But nobody's going to force you to be with a particular attorney, all right? That's your choice. You're paying them. So that being said, know that you can change attorneys if it doesn't work out. But the whole point of this episode is that you're not in that situation because it can be a very costly situation if you do have to change. And we'll talk about that in a second here. So what do I mean by that? I mean, for a number of reasons, you don't want to be in a position where you have to change attorneys midstream. And midstream, I mean, after the divorce started, you're in the middle. Um, usually it's probably in the discovery phase that this happens. But changing midstream is never easy or fun, right? Um, one of the issues with changing attorneys after your divorce started is the cost, okay? And thinking about it this way, you probably uh, have given your attorney, if you have one, a retainer. And a retainer, for those who don't know, is a lump sum of money that usually you give your attorney at the beginning when you, when you initially hire them, um, and that is the pot of money that they bill from. So for example, you hire an attorney, their initial retainer is $5,000, let's just say. You give them a check for $5,000, okay? And they deposit it into their uh, attorney trust account. And if they work, let's just say, for argument's sake, they, their hourly rate is $400 an hour. They work an hour on your case. So they bill you $400 for that one hour. That $400 comes out of the $5,000 retainer check you just gave them. So now you have $4,500 left, right? That's how attorney billing typically works. And when that $5,000 runs out, meaning they work at $400 an hour enough to cover the $5,000 retainer, well, then most of the time they're going to ask you for another $5,000 uh, retainer check. And, and it keeps on going. And, you know, I don't have to tell you, I'm definitely not a math guy, trust me, but I know one thing, $400 an hour, $5,000 isn't going to last so long, right? Especially if you're filing motions, going to court, it adds up real quick. So 
just try to do a, uh, do a few calculations on the calculator and, and you'll see that real quick. Now, um, when you change attorneys, okay, let's say you gave them an initial $5,000 retainer fee and they worked uh, half the time, meaning $2,500 worth of time they've put into your case. So they billed you $2,500. That means you have $2,500 left as part of that $5,000 retainer fee. So if you were to switch attorneys at that $2,500 mark, then they have to give you that $2,500 that is left back to you. That's your money, right? Uh, the retainer is like an advance payment. Uh, so they don't have to bill you monthly uh, and, and keep asking you to pay on a monthly basis. It just makes it easier for everybody when the money's there already. But if they don't use the money, that's your money at the end of the day. So they have to give it back to you and you could use that money to get a new attorney or if you don't get an attorney, then that's just your money. So understand that too. Um, but let's say you want to get a new attorney, right? You're not happy. So you fire the attorney. Maybe you get some money back. Maybe you don't. You find a new attorney. Now you're midstream, meaning the divorce has already started. Things have happened. That new attorney now has to review everything that's happened and get up to speed. That's going to take their time. And their time means they're going to bill you for that, right? Uh, and let me just tell you, depending on the complexity of the case and how far along it is, if it's six months to a year or more and you change attorneys, then that that new attorney has to catch up on six months to a year worth of work. And that means reviewing all the documents that was that were filed beforehand uh, in court, between attorneys, uh, between spouses, experts. It takes a lot of time. I've, I've done it so many times, and it, I don't enjoy doing that um, just because it's tedious. And you have to build a client just, just to get up to speed from to where they were. So you as the client just need to understand that. You're, you're paying a new attorney when you change. You're paying them to get up to speed to figure out where you are now. And then, of course, you're going to pay them for all the future work that they do on your case to represent you. It's not easy and it's not cheap. Okay. Um, also, when you get a new attorney, I'll be honest with you. Um, wherever you are in the process, if there's hearings scheduled, settlement conferences, mediation, what have you, there's a good chance it's probably going to get adjourned because the new attorney is going to request from the court some time to get up to speed um, and and figure things out. Now, depending on how the case has gone to date, how long it is, uh, your judge, um, time time frames for rescheduling, all those things come into play will determine if the court grants that adjournment request. But more often than not, the court is going to permit some reasonable amount of time for the new attorney to get up to speed. Okay? Um, so that is just some of the things to think about when you change attorneys. Okay? Time, cost. And also, what a lot of people don't think about is there's no guarantee it's going to be better with the new attorney. Right? You, you might not be happy with your current attorney and you want to change. But that doesn't mean your new attorney is going to do a better job. You know, maybe your old attorney wasn't doing such a bad job, but you just weren't sure. And so you wanted to change it up and, and, and see. Now, before you fire your old attorney and get a new attorney and pay for all that, 
uh, I always consider or encourage people to, at the very least, go for a second opinion. You know, there's no harm in consulting with another attorney while you still have your original attorney to get a feel for what they think. They might tell you whatever's going on in your case is normal, um, frustrating, yes, but normal. And that may make you think twice about firing your current attorney to get a new one. Now, on the other hand, if you go for a second opinion, that attorney may say, no, what's going on here is you know wrong, unacceptable, and maybe they'll lay out a, a new direction for you to go in, and then it's up to you to make that choice whether to you know, fire your current attorney and go with the new one or do something else. But going for a second opinion or one consultation, even if it's paid, it's a lot cheaper than firing your current attorney, hiring the new one, and then figuring out things aren't much better. There's just no guarantee in anything in law, whether it's divorce, court, whatever, no guarantees um, that anything is going to work out the way you want it to work out or the way you think it's going to work out. So just keep that in mind, okay? Another question that I often get is, do I need an attorney for my divorce? And that's always, that's always, uh, you know, I always hesitate when answering that question because as an attorney, I always think you do need an attorney, right? But that's not necessarily true. And my answer, my, my textbook answer when people ask me if they need an attorney is it depends, Okay, and let me explain that. What do I mean? Well, I ask a bunch of questions when somebody asks me that question. And and this is sort of how it goes. I say, well, what type of person are you? You know, for example, are you independent? Um, Can you work by yourself? Can you figure things out by yourself? You know, the court rules and the rules of evidence, they're they're complex, all right? Even attorneys sometimes have... um, different interpretations and argue over what something, what a rule means or whether a piece of evidence uh, should be admitted in court or not. I mean, these things are argued all the time amongst attorneys. So, you know, if you are not experienced or tra- and trained in the law and the rules of evidence, which if you didn't go to law school and you don't practice law, you wouldn't be, right, just naturally, then you got a lot to cover and it's not easy stuff. So, just understand that, you know, are you independent? Are you able to figure this, you know, do you think you can figure this stuff out on your own or at least read up? Do you know where to find the information um, to even try to see if you understand it? Uh, are you confident? I'll ask you that because you really got to be confident if you're going to represent yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you go to court, are you going to be able to stand up there and, talk to the judge, respond to his questions or her questions confidently uh, without, you know, getting too emotional, uh, being argumentative, breaking down. You know, a divorce is one of the most traumatic things that you as a person can go through in life, okay? It's very personal to you. Uh, That's why it's a very difficult field for everybody to deal with. Um, So it's even more difficult for you to represent yourself and separate out the emotions that is your life from the business that needs to be dealt with in court and during the divorce. Some people can do it. I've seen it done. Some people can do it. But the majority of people, I would say, can't do it or shouldn't be doing it, okay? Just because you could do it doesn't mean you should do it. So these are, again, things to think about. 
How confident are you? How independent are you? Uh, and what goes along with that is capable. You know, look yourself in the mirror. Are you capable of doing it? And if the answer is no, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, you're just being honest with yourself. And again, it's complicated. Learning the rules of court, learning the procedure, um, knowing, understanding the nuances of dealing with a divorce judge and how to negotiate. This is you know, big ticket stuff. That's why attorneys charge so much, uh, especially experienced ones, because over time, as you become more experienced and you do this more and more often, you understand the subtleties and you know how the system works and you are more able to navigate that um, to the better, best of your ability. And that comes with a price. So, you know, are you even capable of doing it? Uh, and if you're not, be honest with yourself, and it's okay. Nobody's looking down at you. You're not an attorney. You didn't go to law school. This is not your job. You're not supposed to know how to do all this stuff. Some people can learn it. Most people can't, uh, and most people can't do it. When I say most people can't, not that they don't have the intellectual ability, but they can't do it in the time frame that's required. If you're in the middle of your divorce, you're not going to spend eight hours a day studying law, right? Unless you're independently wealthy and you have the time, but if you're independently well, independently wealthy, then I would suggest perhaps hiring an attorney, right? So most people work, most, and it takes, you would literally need to do it full time to even have a shot at representing yourself competently. But I've seen it done. Some people can do it. Uh, so it's a choice that you need to make. But are you capable? Uh, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Again, personality type. Um, not to say one can do it and one can't, but if you are an extreme introvert and you're shy, you don't like public speaking, then you might have a harder time representing yourself in court and talking to a judge. Sometimes the courtroom is full of other people and other cases when you appear before before the judge. Um, are you going to clam up? Are you going to get stage fright? Uh, these are all things to think about. Uh, what is your personality type and how do you think you would perform in court or in a mediation setting or negotiating with your spouse's attorney if they have one, right? Sometimes one side has an attorney and the other doesn't. How would you feel talking to and negotiating with your spouse's attorney when you're representing yourself? Again, things to think about. Um, and there's no black or white answer. That's what I want to make clear here. Uh, there's no black or white answer. I'm not going to say everybody has to have an attorney uh, because I've seen people represent themselves quite well, but it's rare uh, and for good reason, all the reasons why what, what I've just spoken about. So you just have to know you and your life and the complexity of your case. These are all things that come into that decision. But let's say you want an attorney. Let's say you need one. Uh, what is the role of the attorney in your divorce? All right? And I want to go over this because a lot of people, I think, kind of blur the lines and, and, and confuse what the actual role of the attorney is versus what they are not supposed to do. So your attorney is there to give you legal advice. Okay, They are there to guide you, uh, be your advocate, and give you the information necessary to make informed decisions whether it's about negotiation of assets, financial support, child, um, child support, or parenting time and custody. You know, 
they are there to explain to you what the law is in your state regarding these issues and then give you their uh, advice on the pros and cons of making decisions about these things. But at the end of the day, it's your, it's your choice. It's your life. You make the final decision, and you have to own that, okay? It's just about making an educated decision. So that is the short, short version of what an attorney is there to do. That's why you hire them. And also, if you have to go to court, you hire them to speak on your behalf to the judge, okay, and put forth your position uh, professionally, eloquently, persuasively. Um, Otherwise, you would be the one doing it. What an attorney is not is a babysitter. Uh, They are not there to micromanage your life. They are not a therapist, okay, and they are not your friend. Now, they may be your friend, uh, but that is not their job. And let's talk about these things a little bit. I would always tell clients that, first of all, if a client ever called me and just wanted to vent uh, about anything, you know, something that happened uh, in their personal life, something that's going on with their spouse that's not necessarily uh, urgent or immediate to the divorce, if they ever wanted to talk to me, I would always talk to them. I would never tell a client no. However, the client is getting billed for the attorney's time. So if you talk to me for an hour, you're going to get a bill for an hour's worth of my time. Uh, and most attorneys operate operate like that. Now, if you called me up or you sent me an email that it took me 30 seconds to respond to, yeah, I'm not going to – I personally wouldn't bill you for that unless you're you know, emailing me 50 times a day. And then I'm going to bill you something because – that's a chunk of my time. But little questions here and there that take me a second to respond to, I personally, I, I, I never nickel and dime like that. Some attorneys do, and there's nothing wrong with that because their time is worth money, uh, and you are paying them for their time. So if they spend time on your case, they are permitted to bill you for that. So I'm not judging them if they do that. I just personally didn't do that for little things here and there. But if it was constant, like I said, 50 times a day or you're calling me five times a day, yeah, that's taking up a chunk of time and, and you will get billed something for that. So just keep that in mind. I would have I would talk to you as long as you want uh, when I was representing people. But then don't complain when you get the bill, right? And I would always tell people who are calling me to kind of vent and who are using me more as a what I would call a therapist role, I would say, listen, I'm happy to talk to you. And actually, if I wasn't an attorney, I would be a therapist. But I'm not. I'm not a licensed therapist. So the money that you're paying me to talk about this stuff right now would be much better served with an actual therapist who's licensed, who's a licensed professional. Um, In fact, depending on the complexity of the case, I oftentimes would mandate, make it mandatory for my clients to be in therapy during the divorce uh, because I knew what it was going to be and I wanted them to have the professional support from the right people uh, along the way. So I actually did that quite often. Um, but that's how I felt, right? You know, you can talk to me. I'm never going to say no, but depending on what your issues and your questions are, you want to be talking to the right professional. So that's what – So. Let me circle back around. So an attorney is there to give you legal advice, okay? Not personal advice, not uh, advice like a therapist would give you, and they're not there to micromanage and babysit. 
uh, for you. So you do have to take control of your life to some degree and own that, okay? So that's the role of an attorney in your divorce, okay? If you have any questions about that, definitely ask me about it. I'm happy to elaborate. And again, all of this stuff is my two cents. It's my opinion. You know, I'm definitely not the only authority on this uh, subject matter. It's just how I feel. So feel free to agree or disagree, but let me know. Either way, I'm happy to have a discussion with everybody about this stuff. Um, Other questions that come up when choosing the attorney is what type of attorney do I need, right? There are different types of attorney. Attorneys are people. Uh, There's different types of people. So let me go over a couple of the main examples that I would use in this case. Uh, You may have heard the term litigator, litigation, but a lot of people really don't know what that means. Uh, And that's a legal term, so there's no real reason you should know what that means. But basically, litigator and litigation means going to court. It means, you know, fighting, for lack of a a better word. Uh, If you are litigating, that means you're going to court, you can't agree, and you're asking the court to decide the issue for you, or judge, even a mediator. Um, Although a mediator is part of mediation, which is not litigation, which I'll explain in a minute. A litigator is a term commonly referred to an attorney who likes to go to court. They want to, they don't want to negotiate. They don't want to do things amicably. They want to fight it out. And when you go to court and when you want to fight things out, that costs you two things, time and money. Okay. Um, The court system, if you haven't been part of it yet, uh, is very slow. I always say the wheels of justice turn really slowly, um, and people get frustrated by that, and with good reason, but that's just the way it is. So that's why I always tell people, if you can avoid the court system and resolve your issues and your whole divorce in other ways, such as mediation or collaboratively, most of the time that's preferable, but sometimes you don't even have that option, and you have to litigate. You have to go through the courts, and then you just have to suck it up and and you know deal with the system and that's expensive and frustrating but sometimes you don't have a choice so you want the right attorney for your situation if you know your divorce is going to be a, a knock them out drag them out fight not necessarily because you want it that way but just because you know your spouse does and you know it takes two to tango i say so if one person wants to drag it out and litigate there's only so much you can do on the other side. You can't force them to you can't force them to resolve your issues other ways. Although 95% of the time it makes sense to do so, but I'll say that for another episode, um, you can't force somebody to do it in good faith. So, you just have to know what your situation is and prepare accordingly. Most of the time people want to get divorced as quickly and cheaply as possible. Does that sound like you? That's that's the majority of the situations. Uh, and for good reason. Why would you want to spend all your resources uh, on lawyers and courts? Most people don't want to do that, and I don't blame you. So you want to hire the right attorney for you. If you are looking to get uh, divorced cheaply and quickly, and you think that both sides are going to work, you know, for the most part amicably together to do to do that and achieve that, then you might not want a litigator so to speak, or you know, a tiger of an attorney uh, to represent you. And that goes for both sides, 
right? You both need to pick the right attorney. You want somebody in that situation who is going to focus on negotiating, focus on working things out behind the scenes rather than filing motion after motion and going through the court, um, trying to resolve things through mediation, which is a, an alternate form of resolving your issues. And you hire a mediator who helps you um, resolve things, but it's, it's non-binding. And I'm going to do a whole episode on mediation in the future. Um, so litigator versus non-litigator, okay? There are people, there are attorneys out there who are experienced in litigation, but who do not operate that way unless pressed to do so. So what do I mean by that? I mean, there are attorneys out there who you can hire, and perhaps you, you should look to hire somebody of this type, who can litigate if they have to, meaning they're experienced, they know what to do, and they are able to operate in that kind of an atmosphere. But their first choice, their first preference, assuming that's yours, is to do it other ways, quicker ways, more amicable ways, cheaper ways for you, um, less contentious ways. That's their first choice. And then, and only then, if that doesn't work, and it has to, you, you have to go to court, they are equipped and experienced to handle that. It's a, it's a mentality thing. Uh, it's not so much an experience thing. It's, it's the mentality of the attorney. Some attorneys, their first instinct is to file a motion, go to court. Other attorneys, their first instinct is to pick up the phone, write a letter, try to work it out with the other side first. And then only if that doesn't work, then you go to court. So... That's what I mean by the type of attorney. What is, their, what is their personality type? What is their first instinct on how to deal with conflict? Um, another thing when thinking about what type of attorney do I need uh, is experience. You know, uh, Are they right out of law school uh, or have they been practicing 20 years? I'm not saying one is bad and one is good. I'm just saying these are things to think about. What's their hourly rate? Of course, that's always a big one. You know, $400 an hour versus $200 an hour, that's a big difference. Uh, do they specialize? Meaning, when I represented people in, in divorce, law, divorce law and family law, that's all I did. Uh, that's the, I, didn't, I didn't do other types of law. Um, so I specialized in divorce law. And there's a, lo- a lot of attorneys out there who do that. And there's a lot of attorneys out there who don't, meaning... They have a general practice. Divorce law is a percentage of their overall practice. It could be 10%. It could be 80%. Everybody's different. Uh, And if it's 80%, then the 20% they're doing is in another area of law, such as personal injury, commercial uh, law, you know, contract law, might be real estate law, who knows. Uh, But it's not divorce law. So they are doing other things. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's something that you need to be aware of. Um, more often than not, if you think you have a complicated divorce, it's going to be really contentious. I would steer you towards finding an attorney who specializes in that. And the analogy I always use is this. If you had to have brain surgery, would you go to your general doctor? No. You would go to a, a brain surgeon, right? Would you go to... Um, a general surgeon, probably not. You want, again, somebody who specializes in brain surgery, right? Just like if you had something on your foot that needed to be addressed, you would go to a podiatrist. You're not going to go to um, 
a dermatologist, let's just say, you know, who does, who handles skin issues. So just understand that there are attorneys who specialize and there are attorneys who don't, and there are good ones and bad ones who do both. So I just want you to be aware of that. Also, something to think about when you hire an attorney, uh, thinking about what type of attorney do you need, is are they local to your area? Now, what I mean by that is if you live, whatever county you live in, let's say, are they experienced? Do they handle a lot of cases in that county? Are they familiar with the judges that you will be dealing with in that county? Are they familiar with the procedures uh, in that particular court? Uh, you ideally want somebody who is, uh, who has some sort of relationship and good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of, um, oh, it's at the tip of my tongue. I hate when this happens. Good karma, like good credit um, with the court. Um, so, you know, they, they, they know who your attorney is and there's already an established relationship, a positive one um, that can only help you. These are questions to ask. Now, the next question people often ask me, how do I find an attorney? And there are so many ways to find an attorney. I'm just going to go over with you some of the ones I think you should be focusing on. Of course, the most common one is referrals from family and friends. And by all means, uh, if you have nowhere else to start, that's where you typically start, family and friends, right? Just be wary. Um, I always say divorce is like snowflakes. There are no two that are the same, okay? So when you start talking with family and friends who say, oh, use, you know, so-and-so because he got me X, Y, and Z in my divorce, that means absolutely nothing for your divorce, okay? Every divorce is different. It's so fact-sensitive. So just because somebody had a good experience with an attorney in their divorce does not necessarily mean you're going to have the same experience in your divorce. It's a totally different situation. What you want to focus on is the quality of the attorney, the experience of the attorney, you know, the cost of the attorney. These are all things to think about. Um, if you don't have any recommendations from family and friends, contact your local bar association. Uh, and more often than not, they can steer you in some direction uh, to at least toss you and get you a couple of names. Uh, go to the court. Again, somebody at the court might be able to help you uh, and steer you to somebody who uh, is looking for work or who does this work. Another website to check out is avvo.com, A-V-V-O.com. Uh, this is an interesting website. Um, it touts itself for having independent reviews, meaning people who put the reviews on this website are people who've used this attorney and they're supposedly vetted. And, you know, it's not like going to, um, what's that website? Like restaurant reviews. Is it, is it, uh, is it Yelp? I forget. But you know, if you're looking for restaurant, restaurant reviews and you're searching online, um, you know, not all those reviews are independent, accurate reviews. A lot of people, uh, pay people to, give positive reviews for restaurants and things of that nature. So avvo.com is not supposed to be like that. Um, and as far as I know, it's not. So you can search for an attorney in your area, uh, depending on where you live. You can see if they have reviews on there. 
Um, and it gives you a lot of information about the makeup of their practice. For example, do they specialize in divorce law? What percentage of their practice is devoted to that? Things like that. You can get a lot of information. Avo.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes so you have it there. But it's A-V-V-O. Another place to get ideas for attorneys or leads, a lot of people don't think about this, but I think it's a good one, is other professionals. For example, doctors, uh, dentists. Next time you go for your annual checkup, if you do that, and you're looking for an attorney at that time, ask them, hey, doc, do you know any good divorce lawyers? I guarantee you doctors know lawyers. Um, And a lot of time they know decent ones. Don't ask me how. It's just, you know, professionals know professionals. Your dentist is another good source. Next time you go to the dentist, assuming you go every six months, let's say, um, so that's twice a year, and you're you're looking at that time or you think you're going to be looking for somebody soon, ask your dentist, do you know any divorce lawyers um, that I could contact for consultations? And you would be surprised. So other professionals know professionals, especially in your area. So... Those are good sources on how to start start the process and start getting some names on your list. Now, what do you do when you have a bunch of names? Don't just pick the first one and hire them. You got to go on a consultation. Uh, and I always tell people regarding consultations, you have your you have your free consultations and you have attorneys who charge you for consultations. Which one should you do? Do both. And, I, and I'm serious about that. Uh, do both. Uh, there are definitely attorneys out there who, who give you good, free consultations. But attorney, you shouldn't shy away from attorneys who charge for you for their consultations either, okay? A consultation is time. Usually they're you know, about an hour or so. Um, and there's nothing wrong with an attorney charging for uh, a consultation. I charge for consultations when I practiced. Now, you can learn a lot more in one paid consultation than five free consultations. And again, that's not to say you can't learn a lot and there's not good free consultations available out there. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying don't shy away from paying for a consultation. Do both so you can see if there's a difference. Okay? Um, Pick three, and I'm not saying go on ten consultations, but three to five. All right? At least three. I think is a good number because you want to get a feel for the different types of attorneys that are available to you. Again, attorneys are people. They have different personalities. Uh, they have different ways of thinking about things, different approaches. You want to get a good idea of, you know, to see if there's a consensus out there of how to deal with your particular situation. And then you can make the best informed decision, right? Again, Making the right decision and choosing your attorney right the first time can save you thousands of dollars. Choosing the wrong one can cost you thousands of dollars. So go on at least three consultations, I would say, paid and free. Um, When you go there, have a list of questions ready to go. Um, Know the information that you want to get from this attorney. What's their experience? Um, What's their approach? Are they a litigator? Do they like to... uh, are they skilled at mediation? Um, are they going to do their best to get you a quick and cheap divorce? Understanding that it may may not be possible, but what is their approach, right? What is their mindset uh, to handling conflict? 
You just want to be aware of these things so it's not a surprise. There's nothing worse than hiring an attorney that you think is going to handle things or work a certain way to only find out that that's not how they work at all. And they do things totally differently and you just, A, either don't approve or are caught by surprise. You don't want to be surprised by anything your attorney's doing. So have some questions ready. Uh, and if you have any questions about the type of questions that you want to ask, just contact me. I've actually written articles about this, the questions that you should be asking during a, uh, an attorney consultation. Uh, I'll try to link to that article actually in the show notes to this episode. Uh, so you'll have that. But if you ever have any questions or you're going on an attorney consultation, just email me, jason at jasonlavoy.com, and I'll be happy to kind of give you some tips. All right. Most importantly, the whole point of an attorney consultation is to figure out, A, do you get along with this person? Uh, do your personalities match? Your relationship with your attorney is like your relationship with anybody else. It's a relationship, okay? And if you're getting divorced, then you know relationships can go bad. The last thing that you need in your divorce is to deal with stress uh, and to deal with a bad relationship and have conflict with your attorney, okay? The whole point of hiring an attorney is to help you, not hurt you, and not create more stress. They're supposed to alleviate some stress in your life by representing you, okay? So this is a big deal when you're choosing your attorney. Do you like the person? Can you see yourself going out for a coffee uh, with this person? Can you see yourself, um, you know, being friends with this person? Not to say, like I said at the beginning, not to say that your attorney is there to be your friend. They are not. But could you see yourself being friends with this person outside of a divorce context? Okay. Um, depending on your answer to that question doesn't mean whether that person is a good choice to be your attorney. It's just something to think about. You definitely want to get along with them. You want to have the same mindset. You want to have the same approach to how you're going to handle your divorce. And, you know, the most scientific of things I'll give you is at the end of the day, go with your gut. If you if, if your gut is telling you that you have questions about this person, then they're probably not the right one for you. All right. You want to be confident that you are choosing the right person. You want to feel good about this person. Um, and, and And that's the most important thing. And of course, price, um, billing, retainers, all these things are obvious questions, what I think are obvious questions, right? You're obviously not going to hire an attorney at $700 an hour if you can't afford to do so, no matter how much you like the person. So obviously, you got to make sure that you can afford the attorney too. So things to think about when choosing what attorney you want to uh, hire for your Divorce. These are all the big ticket items. Um, I might have missed a couple of things. If so, again, feel free to ask me. Um, but when you're choosing your attorney, I want you to think of all these things. Go back, make a list so you don't forget. Um, and if you do what I tell you to do, the chances of hiring the right attorney the first time around will be greatly improved. Again, there's never any guarantee in life. But the only thing that you can do is make an informed decision um, and go in um, as opposed to flipping a coin and just choosing somebody off a list because your friend or somebody else you know had that attorney for their divorce, okay? Again, no two divorces are alike. I can't say that enough. Uh, friends and family are great. They're there to support you, but uh, take whatever they tell you regarding divorce with a grain of salt because your divorce is not their divorce. 
That's all I'll say about that. So, again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, If you're looking for an attorney and you're in the preparation stage of your divorce, you're in a good spot because you have time on your side. If you're interested in getting some professional uh, divorce coaching with me, the Divorce Resource Guy, I'm here for you. I offer uh, different programs through my Divorce You, which you can find on my website, jasonlavoy.com. If you have any questions about anything, just email me, contact me, and I'll get back to you. If you want to hop on a, a quick phone call to discuss the programs and if they're right for you or which one is right for you, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I'm here to help. I don't want you uh, to pick the wrong program uh, for your situation. So just know that. Uh, again, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already so you get all the new episodes when they come out every other Tuesday right now. Um, and if you do have time uh, and you want to leave me a review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate that, assuming you like the show, of course. And other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will be talking to you real soon. For now, the only thing I want you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive, and I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>